Hello, boys and girls. How are you? You know, today is going to be a wonderful day. Welcome back to Flex's Fight Stance. This is a post-fight podcast for UFC Liverpool. And I finished the cards earlier this afternoon. I was able to watch almost every fight live. I most certainly saw Spicy Stewart live, Silva Talib, Knight Americani. I missed Alan Burnell, and I saw Magni White, and of course, Thompson Till live. Thompson Till live had my heart racing, though I want to touch on many, many topics. I want to touch on many topics regarding MMA in general and some more UFC-specific topics. Uh, Number one, let me just talk about some of the cards on the prelims, rather some of the fights on the prelims. I watched Tom Breeze, Daniel Kelly, and I realized something in regards to a trend lately, a trend of these younger fighters coming in and completely dominating these older fighters. You know, you can say it's USADA. You can say it is just a trend of, you know, fighters starting very young. There's kids training MMA right now that are going to be UFC champ, Bellator champ, PFL champ in the future. And a guy like Tom Breeze, even with a layover, just shows that he's been training MMA for most of his life. Even if it's just boxing with MMA in mind, you can definitely tell he's a sharper striker. And Daniel Kelly's jiu-jitsu and, well, his eventual jiu-jitsu, his base is obviously judo, being a four-time Olympic, uh, four-time Olympian. You know, his, the way he's gonna win, the way he would have won against Tom Breeze didn't really seem to be a factor for Tom Breeze. I mean, you know, Tom Breeze, for those who may not know, he was coaching. He actually coached um, the gentleman whose name is escaping me right now, who just fought uh, recently, the gentleman who happens to be a member of the uh, Geordie Shore, uh, something I don't know much about, to be honest with you. I'm actually from the Jersey Shore, so uh, that's all I truly know about, though He was coaching him because he was dealing with a few injuries back-to-back and, you know, he seemed to really know exactly what what his game plan was. You know, Tom Breeze seemed to be as legit a boxer uh, in the octagon that many of us have seen and, you know, he really dominated, to be honest with you. He kind of dominated Daniel Kelly and, you know, Dan Old Man Kelly... I hope he retires, and and not because he's not a great fighter, not because he doesn't have the heart, but that's the problem with some of these older guys. They they do have the heart, so they don't give up until it's too late, and we know a lot in the MMA community nowadays about CTE, and I would hate to see a guy like Daniel Kelly, I would hate to see people like Vitor Belfort, um, you know, people from the Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture era of MMA. I would hate to see them in their mid to late 40s going through serious CTE symptoms. You know, that's a serious topic that we all need to start 
making we need to spread awareness you know on cte and i feel like tom breeze man he's somebody to look out for he's definitely somebody to look out for uh i thought he put on a very very impressive performance and i really don't see a way daniel kelly is successful in the ufc anymore maybe he can go to bellator and you know he's a name so no disrespect to daniel kelly though i would like to see that man retire and moving forward from that you know we have a very interesting post-fight speech by darren stewart you know darren stewart pulled off the ko round number two against eric spicely and eric spicely as many of you may know he's been very successful in his career in his jiu-jitsu uh you know his season of tough forgive me i can't remember what season that was though his season of tough he did very well with his jiu-jitsu and that's his game you know it's, it's kind of like daniel kelly's judo that's his game that's his base that's what he knows best that's that's where he feels at home and uh darren stewart took a big risk you know he talked about it in his post-fight interview he took a big risk in going to the ground after he got the knockdown of Eric Spicely and just grounded him out, ground and pound in the second round for the win. He had a very emotional post-fight interview. And, you know, fighters like Daniel Cormier can tell you sometimes when it means that much to you, it doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're sensitive. I'm a fucking sensitive guy. But if I knock somebody out in a fight that I've been training and, and preparing for for quite some time and the emotions are high and it means I can feed my significant other you know it means i can feed my wife feed my kids that's a big deal and you know a man crying because of that doesn't show weakness it shows strength so i want to give a special shout out to darren stewart and uh look forward to seeing him again you know i definitely look forward to seeing him again i think that he put on a beautiful performance and he should be celebrated for it you know he's uh seven and three and uh, fighting at the middleweight division, we could use some excitement in that division. We could use some uh, some younger guys in that division for sure to kind of liven it up and bring some more promising fights there. He's 27 years old, so he, uh, he can definitely bring that for the middleweight division. So I, I celebrate him. Hats off, kudos, you know, tip of the hat, bow however you want to call it, to Darren Stewart for being honest up there uh, with that with that microphone in, in front of his face and, and being real with the fans. I personally appreciate it, and I congratulate him on that win. Moving forward, Claudio Silva and Nordin Talib. Claudio Silva, that was a hell of a fight um, that lasted 28 seconds. <laughs> you know, to be real, it... it it seemed like it was going to go to decision just based on the physicality of these two fighters. You know, it, it seemed like it could have been a fight of the night had it gone the distance. When I say it was a hell of a fight, you know, what I mean by that is that it's a fight that two guys really needed, two guys really pushed for, and one guy secured a beautiful submission in under 30 seconds. And, uh, you know, looking at his record, I would like to see him face a top 10 fighter. Uh, I'm down for all these guys to be tested. You know, he's 11-1 and one right now. And 
seems like he's a jiu-jitsu specialist he's in his later years at 35 though his physicality is there he seems like he has the strength and uh the will to move up the ranks if he's willing to take advantage of the later years of his prime because you know make no mistake 35 is the last year of your prime basically you know you're at that midway point between 30 and 40 you see guys really fading at 36 37 38 i don't want to name names though i'm sure my entire mma community can make a, a list of a few hundred guys that probably should be retiring if we're talking about all mma fighters across every organization so nordine didn't really get to show anything he really didn't get to show much uh you know now that i'm double checking it 28 seconds left in round one that's I was looking at it, just confirming on the UFC website, and it was 28 seconds left in round one, not 28 seconds into the fight. So like I said, hell of a fight in that first round. Uh, you know, Claudio Silva, like I said, he's going to he's gonna have to take advantage of his next few fights. I would like to see him fighting two or three times a year and uh, making more of a name for himself. Now, Jason Knight is my co-host fight stance jc go follow him on twitter he is on there all day every day he works a full-time job and has a family and other hobbies i don't know how he does it though follow fight stance jc and myself fight stance flex on twitter jason knight you know he is an exciting guy he's a guy that he kind of reminds me of donald cerrone in the sense that you're never going to turn away in his fights Though, this is his third loss in a row. You know, he had a brilliant uh, debut against, let's see here. His debut was not too long ago, 2015. Um, beat Dan Hooker. Some of you may know Dan Hooker. Uh, had a performance of the night against Alex Caceres in 2017. And then had a performance of the night against uh, Chaz Skelly in 2017 at UFC 211. So... You know, he's a young guy, and he's trying to make moves in his division, and he's facing three losses in a row now. You know, he got a first-round KO, TKO, Ricardo Lamas. You know, that that's not that's not something to hang your head on. Ricardo Lamas is one of the hardest strikers in the division, and he's also seasoned as they come. And, you know, he you know Ricardo Lamas has been known. You know, he gave Aldo, we're talking prime Aldo. He gave Aldo one of his hardest fights ever. And, uh... You know, Knight's lost two decisions now. A split decision, controversial split decision. I'll have to go back and watch it again before I weigh on it, saying that it was controversial and, and saying that one guy deserved to win more than the other. I like Knight. I know more about him. Though, from me watching the fight the first time, I don't see why it's controversial. I see Americani getting a legitimate decision win. And you know what? If you don't do enough in the judge's eyes to uh, clearly win a decision. If you don't get a knockout, a submission, and you the fight goes the decision, if it's that close, it is kind of a toss-up. It is kind of on you in the sense that, you know, you have to show the judges that you did everything possible to get that win. And maybe Jason Knight did, and Americani was the better man. Though I'll have to watch that fight again to, you know, really give my take on it. And Jason Knight's young. He's 25 years old. And he's 20 and 5. That's not a bad record. There's people right now holding the belt with worse records than that. So, 
Jason Light's got uh, a lot to look forward to in his future. Hopefully, he doesn't get cut. Uh, I would imagine the UFC is going to let him get one more fight. Uh, and if he loses that, perhaps they'll cut him. Though hopefully, they keep him around. You know, he's a young guy out of Nowheresville, Mississippi, though he's making moves uh, in the featherweight division. And I'm excited to see him fight again, for sure. Now, moving on to the rest of the card. You know, I'm just mo- I'm going through the card right now. You know, I, I don't want to be too stagnant as I'm recording, though I want to just go through the card and just get a little bit of my thoughts out on each fight. Like I said before, I did not watch Allen versus Burnell. Seems like Allen got a submission in the third round. Uh, I don't know either gentleman. you know. Uh, apologize for that. I, I never heard of either of these young men. I would imagine that they are Liverpool or at least UK natives trying to bring the hometown fans in. Yes, I'm correct. So, Arnold Allen is from Suffolk, England, and Mads Brunel. I've actually heard of Mads Brunel before. Did a little bit of research on him, though. He's from Denmark. So, you know, he's brought in for the hometown fans to have a fresh face. Over here in the States, these guys are not well-known, and perhaps they will be in the future, though. I haven't seen their fight. I'll have to watch it later and maybe post to Twitter about it. Moving on to Neil Magny versus Craig White. I definitely saw this fight. And uh, Neil Magny. Neil Magny is a veteran that bounces back and forth pinballs in the top five in this division. He pinballs around in welterweight. He's always been a guy that's been, let's just say, top ten. Because he's made his way to the top five before. But he's, he's had his slopes where he's gone down, you know. His loss to Rafael back in 2017 is one of those falls. His loss to Lorenz Larkin, in my opinion, is one of the biggest ones. And that's one of my favorite fights of all time. Uh, granted, he lost first round TKO, though. That that flurry, that exchange of striking between Lorenz Larkin, that fight deserved uh, a second. That fight deserved to be a rematch, you know. I would have loved... Lorenz Larkin to stay in the UFC and get a rematch with Neil Magny. Of course, we know Lorenz Larkin went over to Bellator, and that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother time, though. Neil Magny, he's got it all. He people talk about his ground game and you know they say that he's he's a striker first, though he's just had issues with better jujitsu players. You know, Rafael dos Santos is a perfect example. Rafael was able to secure round one. A beautiful submission against Neil. That's not a knock on Neil's ground game. You know, fighters like Neil Magny, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. You know, they they get treated as though they've never trained jujitsu or they've never trained grappling. That's not true. Neil Magny is legit and well rounded as they come. And the official rankings will come out soon after. Uh, you know, this fight is all commenced now, so the the new rankings will come out. He's ranked number nine right now. I'm sure he'll get bumped up closer to the top five, and he's still a legit contender. You know, he's 30 years old. He's he's at his prime now, and I'm always a fan of Neil Magny. He gets the KO win against Craig White. Craig White seemed like he had some promise, though with vet, with a veteran like Neil Magny, you really got to watch yourself. Any little mistake he's going to capitalize on. I know Craig White had the hometown fans cheering, though Neil Magny is a guy that you just can't make a mistake with. You cannot make a mistake with Neil Magny, and uh, I feel like Craig White did. I'll have to watch it again, and maybe I'll do a breakdown on 
YouTube of exactly where Craig made a mistake and where Neil Magny capitalized. You know, Neil Magny is a guy who's been in the game for just too long. 21 and 7, his record says it. He's been in the game for too long. You cannot make mistakes against this man. You cannot. Now, man, I really need to take a legitimate deep breath before I talk about Darren Till versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. For many reasons, I need to take a deep breath because Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is one of those fighters that I say changed MMA forever. When he came in and fighters like Jake Ellenberger scoffed at karate and made fun of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and then got kicked in the head and probably forgot he was an MMA fighter for a few weeks, probably forgot his entire motivation for fighting, completely got put in a position where you have no choice but to accept this new wave of fighters. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is a striker that the world has never seen before inside the octagon. You have your Anderson Silvas, you have your John Bones Jones, you have your Phenoms, you have your freak strikers out there. Don't get me wrong. Though, one thing that a lot of people don't realize with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is that he's grinding every day to perfect his grappling and his jujitsu because he's 57 and 0 as a kickboxer. 57 and 0. And when I first found that out when he made his debut, before he made his debut, I was excited for him to come to the UFC and I was waiting and waiting and I was doing all this research on him because this is the kind of fighter that I strive to be one day. This is the kind of fighter that I looked up to my whole life watching kung fu movies and Enter the Dragon, old Bruce Lee, Jet Li films. That's what I am so passionate about. I always loved that and I always thought that maybe one day we could see that in the UFC, in mainstream MMA. And this is way back when we're talking Stefan Bonner, Forrest Griffin, uh, Randy Couture, Ken Shamrock days. We're talking Hoist Gracie days of MMA. Way back then I was hoping for this. So when a fighter like Stephen Thompson comes in, you know, he really changes the game and he's already changed it for the better. And that's what we need. We need fighters like him. And um, honestly, with this fight, you know, people criticize Stephen Wonderboy and Tyron Woodley in both of their bouts. Obviously, their first bout was far more exciting. You know, it ended up going to a draw. In hindsight, that draw was the right decision. You know, Looking at that fight, I've watched that fight probably five times now. And looking at that fight, looking at Woodley was able to do in spurts, yet what Thompson was able to do throughout the longevity of the fight, throughout all five rounds, it deserved to be a draw. Because you can't say that Thompson didn't do enough in 25 minutes just because he got knocked down and was almost submitted for 25, 30 seconds of these two rounds. That's not fair. And you can apply that directly to this fight. You know, Darren Till is a young guy with an entire country at his back, with perhaps an entire continent at his back. You know, you look at the McGregor effect. McGregor goes far beyond Ireland. Obviously, Ireland is his home. Ireland is a, a force to be reckoned with. Though, 
Darren Till coming out of Liverpool, obviously he's going to be the hometown fan, and we all know how that works. Suspiciously, it's real difficult to beat a Brazilian in Rio. I'm just saying. I'm not going to call anybody out here, uh, though I will call out UFC judges. I will call out all MMA judges, because here's the problem. If I want to be a judge tomorrow, say tomorrow I'm going to be on this path to become an MMA judge. I don't need to have a fighting history as an MMA fighter. And you know what? That's fair. But let's take it another step. I don't even need to have MMA experience at all as a coach, as a referee, as a cut man, fucking event security. Like, I don't need to have any experience in MMA. You know, these commissions are bringing over, and somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. These commissions are bringing over boxing judges to judge mixed martial arts. So you're telling me that because you know boxing, you know Muay Thai, you know Jiu-Jitsu, you know Judo, you know fucking Krav Maga, you know high-level wrestling, grappling, you understand the intricacies of Taekwondo, you understand uh, karate? Of course not. And, and it's frustrating to me because these people are deciding people's futures, essentially. You know... Did Stephen Wonderboy Thompson do everything he could to knock out Darren Till? Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Did Darren Till do everything he could to knock out Stephen Wonderboy Thompson? Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't think either guy pushed the, pushed the action the way we wanted him to. I don't think Darren Till went for broke. Not even in the fifth round when he got the knockdown. I don't even think he went for broke all, any of the fight. And neither did Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, though Stephen is a counter-striker. He's very Lyoto Machida-esque in the way that he... Uh, looks for his finishes. He, he blitzes forward uh, with two and three punch combinations to counter and disrupt the flow of an of a aggressive fighter like Darren Till the same way Machida does. He, he lightning, throws lightning fast kicks uh, from his front leg or his um, back leg like no one in, in the game, just like Leota Machida. We saw that against Vitor. Um, so... For me, I look at this fight and I think, number one, hometown advantage. You know, Darren Till has hometown advantage. And I honestly think, no disrespect to Darren Till, he's a young guy, he's exciting. You know, <laughs> I was talking to Fightstance JC not too long ago and uh, we talked about Donald Cerrone, who was one of our favorites by far. I fucking love that man. Donald Cerrone is a legend. Uh, we're talking about the Donald Cerrone loss to Darren Till. And, uh, you know, I was telling JC that the only reason why I didn't want, uh, well, there's a few reasons why Donald Cerrone shouldn't have fought Darren Till. Obviously, he had just fought Matt Brown, and he won that fight, though he was definitely compromised. It was a long fight. He, you know, his brain didn't have time to reset. His body needed time to reset, and he needed preparation for Darren Till. But Cowboy is Cowboy, though, and Cowboy will always be Cowboy, and we'll always love him for it. Though, in the fight against Till with Cowboy, I was afraid, man. I'm not going to lie. I was afraid. I always thought, fuck, this Darren Till kid, he's young. He's got a lot to prove. He's got nothing to lose. He's going to knock Cerrone out, and he did, and I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it because, no disrespect to Cerrone, I see those things happening. I, I can feel them in the air. I can feel that energy and I just know a guy like Darren Till trying to prove something. 
he, he didn't have to be calculated against Cerrone. Cerrone wanted to, you know, Cerrone has, has legit striking. He's he's one of the best in Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu, though he was going to brawl. He's not going to fight the most intelligent fight. He's not a Dominic Cruz-style, you know, Demetrius Johnson, Stephen Thompson, cerebral-level fighter. He can be. Don't get me wrong. He can be, though he's not at all times. And he wasn't against Till. And uh, Darren Till fucking capitalized, and I could see it coming a mile away. And Darren Till against Thompson was very cerebral. He was that calculated tactical fighter, and he talked about it in his post-fight interview. And, you know, touching back on the decision, there's a lot of guys and girls on Twitter, myself included, that do not believe that Darren Till won that fight. I gave Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, without a fraction of a doubt, rounds two, three, and four. Round one, I posted it on Twitter. I don't know how they judge it. Round two, thinking about it more, I'll have to go back and watch it again. Though round two, definitely round three, and for certain round four, all go to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I saw this fight as a clear 49-46 for Wonderboy. I thought, he round, I thought he won rounds one, two, three, and four. I thought the first round was close, though he landed more counter shots. He landed, he landed more clean punches, whereas Darren, Darren Till was only really throwing those leg kicks. Um, those front side kicks to the thigh were landing well for Till, though I thought Stephen Wonderboy Thompson made Till miss more, and he countered better uh, and landed more significant strikes. And you can see the significant strikes... Uh, you know, I'm looking at him right now. They have Till at 40 of 129 for total and uh, significant. He has 38 of 126 where this fight is a goddamn dead even. Where Stephen Wonderboy Thompson had 31 of 127 and 30 of 126 as far as total strikes compared to significant strikes. So they have it listed as significant strikes Till has more. Those significant strikes, they're tallying in those front leg kicks to the thigh. Uh, you know, look at the look at the highlights. Go on UFC.com, go on YouTube.com, and go to the UFC channel, rather, and look at the highlights. The counters that Wonderboy was landing were the real significant strikes of that fight. The only significant strike that Till really landed, in my opinion, or at least, let's say, out of respect, the most significant strike is the knockdown strike in the fifth round. And he gets all credit for that. If, if the UFC, if the judges, if the UFC judges, if these commission judges, however you want to title them, if these judges want to give Till the fifth round solely because of that knockdown, I can't argue that. Even if Thompson was piecing him up, which he wasn't, though he did land more strikes than him in the fifth round, I'll have to double check those stats. Uh, MMA by the numbers, uh, just a quick shout out to them. MMA by the numbers is the number one way to check out in-depth stats for all things MMA. MMA by the numbers is one of my favorite Twitter profiles. Uh, go ahead and give them a follow and check them out. So MMA numbers will have a unique breakdown of striking uh, and all the stats for all these fights. And if you look at those stats, I would say Wonderboy landed more significant strikes, and the only significant or the most significant strike that Darren Till landed 
was that strike, was that punch, rather, in the fifth round. And, you know, hometown fans are screaming. There's always that aspect to it. When when Till throws a fight that I'm an MMA enthusiast, I know for a fact he did not land that strike. It rolled off the shoulder or just completely whiffed, and the fans go nuts because they think he landed a punch. You know, <laughs> I've been to MMA events. You can't see through the cage, even if you're cage side. It's very difficult to see through the cage clearly. If you're at a high up angle, you can't see. You know, if the fighters are not perfectly parallel and you're not looking directly down at the center of the fight, you can't tell if it, if it landed flush. If there's any sort of angle, it's difficult. So I don't blame the fans, though. They're wrongfully cheering for strikes that Till is missing. And the judges, I feel like, take that into account as, oh, Till's being aggressive. He has octagon control. And, you know, that's another topic I want to touch on very quickly. Octagon control needs to be considered number two or number three or maybe even number fucking five. It pisses me off because fighters like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson get viewed as timid when they're counter strikers. It's a legit mixed martial arts strategy that has been used since the dawn of time. I don't understand why he's being ridiculed and most certainly being viewed as less aggressive, quote unquote, and being penalized for that when that is his style of fighting. He is a kickboxer. He is a karate master. And guys like Darren Till, just because they happen to walk forward and then get punched in the face, somehow walking forward gives you more credibility and and more points in the judge's eyes than that counter-strike. Within a 10-second time frame, if Darren, Till's, if Darren Till's walking forward and doesn't land any strikes, though he steps forward a little too far and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson catches him with a left hand, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson won that 10 seconds. That's what the judges really need to look at. And I need judges of all MMA organizations on, on, under all commissions, under all commissions to be tested. And, you know, they really need their credentials to match what they're expected to perform. You know what I'm trying to say? So if I, for example, wanted to be a judge, I personally would start fighting MMA as soon as possible. Though somebody may not have that route. That means that you need to be more involved in MMA. You cannot be, you cannot have your MBA or graduate with your major in communications and start doing sports reporting for boxing and then become a fucking judge. Or you can't have your husband, I'm not going to name names, you can't have your husband be a high-profile boxing referee and think you can judge MMA fights. Again, not going to name names. Though moving on, uh, hats off to Darren Till, respect to Darren Till. He showed a lot of respect for Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and perhaps too much respect. Take a moment for that to sink in because a lot of people are criticizing him for it. And uh, I'm not because you have to show him respect in the octagon. That's one thing that Woodley has been saying from the moment their fight was announced. All throughout the fight, he showed it. And then since the their second fight is the fight I'm speaking of, uh, Thompson-Woodley too, you know, Woodley will tell you to this day, you gotta respect Wonderboy because if you don't, You'll end up like Ellenberger. And nobody wants to be on that highlight reel. So 
Till showed the proper amount of respect in regards to not rushing in and thinking he can just knock uh, Thompson out with that left hand. He showed the proper amount of respect for a guy that didn't want to be a highlight real head kick KO. Though a lot of people are saying that, you know, they shook hands and they touched gloves more times than they landed significant strikes. And we're talking an average of 35 strikes between the two of them. And uh, they definitely touched gloves a lot. I'm not going to say they touched gloves 35 times. Though they definitely touched gloves a lot. And I understand why that's frustrating for the fans. And for those that really hyped this fight up to be a killer, you know. I thought this fight was going to be fight of the night. And uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. I, I would argue. I'm not sure if Dana handed out fight of the night performances. You know, performance bonuses yet. Though I would probably give it to, I mean, most of these fights ended pretty quickly. Uh, you know, you could maybe give it to Makwan Amerikani um, uh, against Jason Knight for fight of the night. You could probably give performance of the night to Neil Magny. Uh, you can't give any awards to Thompson Till. I'm going to be honest here. And I never... I don't know of any other time I knew that to be true for the main event. Typically, the main event is, uh, you know, one for the history books. And this one wasn't. This one wasn't. Though it's going to be one for the history books for Darren Till because he just beat the number one contender. So what the fuck does that mean for the rankings? This is where the UFC rankings really need to step it up because if they're going to allow the number eight guy to fight the number one contender, then... That means that they need to prove that there's some sort of fucking algorithm that makes sense. Because if you go to the UFC rankings right now, I guarantee you, you can find people that are ranked lower than people that they have beaten recently. How does that work? How the fuck does that work? So, it's an issue. I understand it's an issue. Can you rank Darren Till as the number one contender and put Thompson at two or three or four? Can you do that? I mean, I'm, I'm literally stumbling over my words because I don't know. I don't know if you can do that. Can you put him as the number one contender now? Can you say that he's in line to fight the champion, Tyron Woodley, just because he beat the number one contender? I mean, arguably, yes, right? Because that's what the rankings are there for. Though that's the problem, is that you've got a guy like Stephen Thompson who has proven himself in the division, who has made his way up, who has wins against the best of the best. I mean, this guy beat Rory McDonald. Rory McDonald is the best welterweight on the planet. I love Tyron Woodley. I love Stephen Thompson. Uh, there's a lot of great welterweights. Donald Cerrone is one of my favorites of all time. He beat Rory McDonald. He KO'd Johnny Hendricks in the first round. We all know he KO'd Jake Ellenberger in the first round. You know, he got a decision win over Patrick Cote. He KO'd the he KO'd the middleweight champ in the first round, Robert Whitaker. Some of you may not know that. 2014, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson KO'd Robert Whitaker in the first fucking round. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Off the top of my head, I know this shit. You, I can go on and on and on about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's one of my favorite fighters. Though, if you look at the possibility of Darren Till fighting the champion at 170 you gotta look at the rest of the division who else deserves it you know and then also let's look at what's up and coming just really quickly 
I do want to stick to uh, this fight, though. Let's move forward just a little bit. One second here. I'm just trying to make sure I have the card pulled up. So, if you want to talk about 170 and the possibility of Darren Till moving on and fighting Woodley eventually, it gets real fucking interesting because you have Rafael Dos Anjos fighting for the interim title belt at UFC 225. Rafael Dos Anjos is the best welterweight that is t- still in the welterweight division. He's the best welterweight not named Tyron Woodley. And I only say that because Tyron Woodley's a legit champ. Tyron Woodley gets a lot of hate and he's discredited for his Woodley defenses or his, I'm sorry, Thompson defenses. Tyron Woodley's a legit welterweight champion. No one can take that away from him. Now, Rafael Dos Anjos is terrifying at 170. He should have moved there quite some time ago. He's facing the piece of shit. Uh, what is this asshole's name? Uh, Kobe Fuckington. I don't like this fucking guy, if you can't tell. Uh, he's a piece of shit. I don't give a fuck if he's a legitimate racist, a legitimate bigot, sexist, you know, misogynist or not. You don't take that angle and use that angle to be hated. Your don't you don't want to have hate be your driving force. You don't want hate behind you pushing you to a, closer to a championship. Hate is not going to push you to a title shot. Now it may have pushed him to an interim title fight, and that's where people get confused. He's being pushed to an interim title fight. Solely because Rafael Dos Santos is Brazilian, he's on the rise, he's a killer, and he's going to beat the shit out of Kobe Covington, and then Kobe will go back to rank number 10 or whatever the fuck he was before. Kobe Covington is a pawn, and he doesn't realize it yet, though he's most certainly a pawn. So let's talk more positivity. I don't want to bash this guy's name. I will tell you fir- I will tell you first and foremost, Kobe Covington is a legitimate mixed martial artist. He is a battle-tested mixed martial artist with a legitimate collegiate wrestling background. I know my fighters. And he's 13-1. I'm not taking that away from him. His problem is that once he got, once he beat Damian Maya, he took advantage of that little bit of spotlight and he ran with it in a way that I don't support. So coming from Fight Stance Flex, I'll tell you right now, fuck this guy. Though I do recognize him as a legitimate mixed martial artist. With that fight, though, whoever wins is the interim champion. So with that fight and Woodley coming off his shoulder surgery, it's going to be Rafael Dos Anjos against Woodley. Till will need one more fight. Till is not getting an immediate title shot. Even if the UFC, Sean Shelby, Mick Maynard, whoever makes these decisions, Dana White, Ari fucking Emmanuel, maybe Joe Rogan. (laughs) I would love that if Joe Rogan made the rankings though anyway who wherever darren till lands let's say he lands at number three he's got to fight somebody else he he's deserving of being a top five ranked fighter because he beat cerrone and because he just beat the number one ranked guy i don't agree with the decision like i said i had wonder boy winning 49 46 it's in the books it's too late now he won he won you know everybody's running this fucking headliner home sweet home well yeah no shit his fans his judges 
his hometown. Wonderboy didn't do enough. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a fan, though he did not do enough to definitely get the 49-46. In my opinion, he already deserved based on his striking and his countering. Though in the in the eyes of the casual fans, in the eyes of these well, well, uh, you know, under documented because they don't have the credentials to say that they're MMA judges these underqualified judges in the eyes of the underqualified judges that were present for this event Stephen Wonderboy Thompson lost that fight and Darren Till won he apparently won 49-46 which is in my opinion fucking blasphemy but moving on if Darren Till lands at number 3 he's gotta go and pine for or, or you know vie for another fight he has to and looking at the welterweight division his best shot at a title if you know if he really sees himself as the champion if he really feels like he only needs one more fight let's say he's conscious of the fact that he's not getting a title shot right away and he knows he needs one more fight Kamara Usman's right there waiting Kamara Usman just won against Damian Maya and he needs somebody that's fucking ballsy enough to face him you know everybody talks about the Nigerian nightmare everybody's afraid you know Nigerian nightmare might not be good on the mic <laughs> he might not be Conor McGregor on the mic though he's telling the truth in the fact that people are ducking him everybody has the pen in their hand ready to sign the contract until they realize it's Kamara Usman that they're going to be facing Darren Till doesn't have that fear. I believe him when he screams at the top of his lungs that he doesn't fear anybody. I want him to prove it. Kamar Usman's the guy. Kamar Usman's ranked number five. You know, Rafael Dos Santos and Colby Covington are set to fight. Uh, Robbie Lawler's ranked number three. Though Robbie has a fight scheduled, does he not? Perhaps I'm missing something. I swore Robbie Lawler had a fight scheduled. Though Robbie Lawler's not... Robbie Lawler is a huge name, and don't get me wrong, Darren Till would be a great fight for him. So Robbie's coming off of a pretty bad loss to Rafael, and I would rather see uh, two guys that are on the rise fight each other for the number one contender shot, uh, or at least against the number one contender in Rafael Dos Anjos when he wins against Kobe Covington. I refuse to live in a reality in which Colby Covington wins so excuse me for being uh predictive excuse me for uh living in a future in which Colby Covington doesn't exist let alone uh win the interim title it's gonna be really interesting for Darren Till I'm excited for that young man I'm a fan I'm a fan of all fighters that prove themselves and uh Darren Till is proving himself in his dedication to the sport. He might not have put on a beautiful, brilliant performance. He might not have gotten the finish against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Though, who has? Who has? No, literally, somebody answer that question for me because I don't know if Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has ever in his entire career been put in a position where he was threatened to that level. I mean, as far as the UFC goes... He's lost one decision, obviously one draw to uh, Woodley. Second fight, he lost a decision to Woodley, and then he just lost another decision. So who has put Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in a compromising position 
other than that one round uh, with Woodley where you thought he was going to be knocked out. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he might look like your fifth grade English substitute teacher. <laughs> you know, he might look like a senior camp counselor. He might look like a guy who was a, a, a Boy Scout and made his way up the rankings to, you know, Eagle Scout master, you know, camp counselor. He might look like the nicest guy in the world, and he most certainly is. Though he's a legit mixed martial artist, and he's got a fucking chin on him. No, no uh, shame for Darren Till. You know, Darren Till secured that knockdown, and in my opinion, that was enough for the judges to say, okay, he won this fight. Because I was so stressed out. I'm going to close out this podcast soon. Though I want to say one more thing, and that is that I was literally stressed the fuck out for every round of this fight. And I had no idea. I tweeted about this. I had no idea how the judges were going to score it. Especially the first two rounds. They definitely could have won either way on the first two. Three and four, I thought. Thompson won. Clear cut. Though, I don't know how they were going to score this fight. I had no idea. And I feel like they felt the same fucking way. They were looking at this fight like, oh, fuck. We are going to get so much shit either way. If we go with Thompson, the fans are going to riot. It's going to be a huge deal. This is in Liverpool. It's going to be a nightmare. There's going to be all of this press about it. Social media is going to explode. Though if we undeservedly give it to Till, we're going to get backlash from that. They were stressed out. I guarantee you they were popping all kinds of fucking downers and uppers and Adderall and fucking zannies. I mean, <laughs> or at least they were hope. At least they hoped they were. At least they hoped or, or they were dreaming of being in a more relaxed situation though judging this fight i understand i know they were stressed i'm pissed off that they're typically underqualified and they are pushed and swayed by the crowd to go with the hometown fighter though that's a whole nother discussion you know i know they were stressed out i'll acknowledge that and when till got that knockdown in the fifth round they said up oh, all right till one no matter what, till one. Unless Thompson's able to get a KO or a submission win in the in the next coming minutes, till one. They probably wrote it down on a little piece of paper and then burned it uh, before anybody could find it. Though, right there, that decided the fight. That was the most significant moment of the fight. I will give Darren Till that, and that's why he won, in my opinion. So, again, hats off to Till. Kudos to him. I'm not a hater. I've never been a hater. I never will be a hater. Uh, you know, unless your name is Colby Covington. I support all MMA fighters, and uh, I support the rest of his career. And, you know, for Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he's 35 years old. He's always going to be in the top ranks as long as, he's, as long as he stays fit, as long as he continues to train as hard as he does. He's always going to be in the top ranks, and he'll get another shot at the title. I see in the next year, year and a half, I don't want to say that Tyron Woodley's going to lose the belt, though we don't want to see Thompson Woodley 3. I love both fighters. I don't even want to see that shit. As an MMA purist, I don't even want to see a third matchup between them. It's a style that just, it, it makes Woodley fight a specific way, and that specific way is not entertaining. Woodley's an amazing fighter. Though, it, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, we saw it against Till. He 
forces his opponents to fight a certain way because they cannot make any mistakes at all. And Woodley knew that best, and that's why he had a draw and won his second bout against Thompson. Though, in closing this out, I want to say that this is Flex's fight stance, and my goal in recording this, myself and JC, our goal in recording this is to bring the MMA community together. That's my number one goal. Every time I step on Twitter, every time I schedule a tweet, every time I rant on Twitter, every time I watch an MMA fight and talk to JC over the phone or, you know, send a direct message to a fellow MMA podcaster on Twitter, anything I do MMA related is to bring the community together because the community, the MMA community is strong. It's stronger than it's ever been and it's growing faster than any other community in regards to sports, in my opinion. So I want to make sure that we're connected. I want to make sure that we are connecting and we're talking and discussing the future of these fights, making sure that our fighters are getting competent pay, making sure that our female fighters are being recognized for the fucking badasses that they are, both as fighters and mothers and women. We all have girlfriends. We all have mothers. We all have sisters. We need to, su- we need to support everybody. We need to support black fighters, white fighters, Brazilian fighters, you know, Chinese fighters, Japanese fighters, female fighters, disabled fighters or handicapped fighters. You know, we need to support every fighter in mixed martial arts because our community is growing every day and there's no reason not to. So, I want to I just want to make sure that Hashtag MMA community is being used more often. I'm trying to use it more. I'm succeeding, I should say, in using it more in my Twitter uh, daily. I'm trying to create something that is bigger than just the UFC. It's bigger than just Bellator. It's bigger than just PFL, Ryzen, 1FC, Titan FC. It's bigger than any of that. It's about supporting a movement And hashtag MMA community is a part of that movement. And I want to be a big part of it. So I'm going to blast that out after I get this uploaded. And I would love it if anybody who considers themselves an MMA fan, an MMA enthusiast, an MMA fighter, coach, cut man, reporter, journalist referee, judge, anybody who's involved in MMA, I encourage you to use hashtag MMA community so we can grow and we can continue to support our fighters. You know, I want to continue to support our fighters. That's what it's all about. You know, we've made great strides in this era, this new era of MMA, and we need to continue to make more strides. And Fighters like Darren Till and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson deserve more recognition for the sacrifice that they make each and every day in training and every time they step into that octagon to entertain us. I personally appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, and I want to make sure that these fighters are getting what they deserve. I want the recognition they deserve, the financial incentive they deserve, the promotion they deserve the creative rights they deserve if they want to film something 
you know, documenting their life before and after MMA. I would love for the UFC to promote that and invest in that. And the UFC and other organizations are doing better than they have in the past, though they can be doing more. They can definitely be doing more, and I don't want to see these fighters taken advantage of anymore. The days of fighters being taken advantage of are over, and social media and the MMA community will not allow it. So that's my message. That's what I am promoting, and that's what I am passionate about, and I want to get involved. So follow me on Fight. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me at Fight Stance Flex. Uh, follow my co-host at Fight Stance JC. Also follow our podcast at Fight Stance Pod. That's at Fight Stance Pod. So again, myself Fight Stance Flex. My co-host Fight Stance JC. We're gonna be live at a lot of these big events. PFL uh, is a local. I say local because I'm from the East Coast. It is a local organization uh, that is doing a bunch of amazing events on the East Coast in DC and Chicago and Atlantic City and Atlantic City is not too far where I was born and raised. Uh, some of you may know uh, the PFL and, and what their message is, what they're doing now with this tournament style uh, setup with their organization. It's, it's amazing, it's brilliant. I'm excited for the future of that. Obviously, the future of Bellator and UFC and some of the smaller organizations, I'm, I'm paying attention to more. So I would love for everybody to just get involved. You know, if you love mixed martial arts, get involved. Don't just watch the UFC. You know, the UFC is the biggest show out there, though. Watch PFL. Watch Bellator. Watch 1FC. You know, if you're, if you're feeling old school, watch some Ryzen. <laughs> you know, watch some jiu-jitsu tournaments. Go ahead and watch some uh, Eddie Bravo 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. I know he does EBI events. Uh, watch this new karate event that Boss Rutan is kind of promoting. Get out there and watch mixed martial arts because it's more than just fighting. It's a discipline. It's an art form. And it needs to be recognized as such. So get out there, MMA community, and support mixed martial arts. This is Fight Stance Flex signing off.